This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, October 20th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, SMPA considers rate increase. Eyes to ears with Bella Eatman. Listening Club visits Harry's house and a mountain weather forecast. The San Miguel Power Association is considering raising rates for its access charge. As staff, we have put forth a proposal to the board of directors for a $2 increase to the access charge, that's the the fixed charge on people's bill, which will bring it up from $23 a month to $25 a month. That's Alex Shelley, communications executive for SMPA. SMPA, a power distribution cooperative, gets its power from Tri-State Energy. Recently, Tri-State has announced that their wholesale rates for energy are going to go up um, next year by about 6.2%. And then, of course, in addition, we've been facing inflation um, on tools and equipment, just like uh, almost every other sector uh, imaginable. And so our costs are, are going up. Shelley adds, the cost increase won't cover all the expenses. It's actually not going to be enough to, uh, to cover the projected increases. And what our board of directors has been doing for the past uh, handful of years has been to take those, those, I guess you would call it good years, um, when we had a little extra revenue and defer that. So this $2 increase is, think of it as, a, as an increment um, toward, toward a um, higher, really higher costs. And Shelley acknowledges the increase likely isn't the end. I'll go on record as saying it's likely to happen in the future. And what we want is for our members to, to be prepared. Um, the strategy here is to avoid a shock. And, and we don't want we don't want to hit our members with um, with an increase that would that would be considered very sharp. Uh, we would rather sort of um, give give our members the time and you know to sort of plan for these things. The increase will impact the flat access charge rate. Shelley says that's because major costs will go towards capital projects and maintenance. Over half of our costs are for wholesale power. So that that goes directly to pay our bill to Tri-State. And as I said, it won't even be sufficient to cover that. However, uh, of course, as uh, a cooperative electric distribution cooperative that operates, we have our own operating costs, and that includes poles and and, uh, new conductor, new wire that uh, needs to be, our system needs to be maintained, and, and we have several projects going to help increase reliability and improve uh, performance for members. And so all of those require tools and, and materials, and all of those prices are, although they're maybe not as, as far up as they were post-pandemic, uh, they'll still probably not come down to prices that we saw pre-pandemic. The San Miguel Power Association Board of Directors will vote on the rate increase at its meeting on Tuesday, October 24th at 9 a.m. Participation is available in person or via Zoom. Members can also share written comments on the proposal by emailing rates at smpa.com.
Art and creativity come in many forms. And this week on Eyes to Ears, Telluride High School's Bella Eatman finds finesse in the culinary. Have a listen. Once again, good evening, Coloradan folks. Welcome to a little Koro program called Eyes to Ears. I am your host, Bella Eatman, and I visit local art galleries to describe art pieces to you, the listener. Within this episode, I will talk of a plate I had seen at the AHA Art Gallery just a little bit ago by a ceramics student who had made pieces for the collection named Wendell Thompson. A small piece by a simple title, The Pink Platter. This would be a fairly large plate, and one that I'd say would go great in a holiday night serving a dessert of the chef's choosing. That is my imagining of it, just based off the base colors alone, with a white, slightly speckled center, like vanilla ice cream, thus surrounded by a pinkish salmon that's a bit more pink than salmon. It reminds me of cake frosting, whether it be from the $10 box of store-made cupcakes, or the frosting container you bought just last week for the baking recipe you wanted to try out for fun. Sprinkled all around the platter, bordering just above both pink and white glaze, is multiple short branches and small glittering berries of mistletoe. A nice detail to the mistletoe was that the branches seemed to be painted with little brush strokes before the extra layer of spray-on glaze to add to that finishing touch, as well as the shimmer from the glitter that was possibly mixed within the red glaze of the berries. While I was looking through this collection that AHA had set up, I wanted to find something that brought me back to my childhood, or something that resonated with me in some sort of way, and this very plate had brought memories aplenty to think of. Christmases spent with familial members, as well as the mistletoe reminding me of the aesthetic that one lost home once had. The colors of dessert, along with soon-to-be-forgotten imagery, brought a bittersweet feeling that I welcome. I've been rather reflective recently, and I will stay that way after this episode of Eyes to Ears. You're listening to this on Kodo, and my name is Bella Eatman, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This Monday, the Wilkinson Public Library holds its monthly listening club. It's like a book club, but for albums. Barbel Hecka will lead the October Club with her work of choice, Harry Styles' 2022 album, Harry's House. KOTO News spoke with Hecka about her selection. Come on, Harry, we want to say goodnight to you. I have such a crush on him. Since it came out, I actually dance every morning. Uh, to Harry's house because each song has a different rhythm and catchy. Oh, 
And I must say, I've never listened to One Direction. I didn't even know Harry Styles was part of the boy band. His music makes me happy. I like his voice. He brings a horn section in a pop song. Mm. Great. for a sushi restaurant it's very surprising what comes up you know it starts very sweet slow and then boom. he surprises me with his songs and I must say I started to check on the lyrics too and there are some really good it's good writing Then the harmonies, and he has a wonderful band, actually women, except the bass player. But the drummer is a woman, and then guitar player, um, also a woman. They look like English ladies at a tea time. I don't know if it stands the time because it's a pop album. Pop, popular, and that can fade after a while. Right now, it works for me. He just makes me happy. Who knows how long that will last, but it lasts already a year. I'm dancing to it. I'm not sitting there and really listen carefully. Only the boyfriends, and that's an acoustic. Boyfriends, they think you're so easy. They take you for granted. That I'm listening to because the words are so good. To all those boyfriends out there, you get to know yourself when you listen to that song. Weekend, when you get deep in, he starts. 
into Michael Jackson or in other pop artists so I'm glad that Harry came my way thank you Harry Styles Hacker will lead the October Listening Club on Harry's House on Monday, October 23rd at 6 p.m. at the Telluride Music Company. More information is available at telluridelibrary.org. David Sussman is the Telluride Foundation's Volunteer of the Year. The foundation named Sussman as the award winner earlier this summer, but next week, the community will be gathering to celebrate him. Sussman was named as Volunteer of the Year for his exceptional leadership and volunteerism in the community. He is an avid volunteer with the Telluride Adaptive Sports Program. The celebration will take place on Thursday, October 26th from 4 to 7 p.m. at the AHA School for the Arts. There will be food and drink. The whole community is invited. Coloradans are now able to add their Colorado ID onto Google Wallet. The Colorado Division of Motor Vehicles made the announcement on Friday. Coloradans can choose to add their driver's license or state ID to Google Wallet and easily and securely present it at certain TSA pre-check security checkpoints, including at the Denver International Airport. According to the DMV, Colorado is among the first states to implement IDs in Google Wallet. It is only available for people who have current, valid, Colorado-issued driver's licenses or IDs. DMV officials note the Google Wallet version of an ID serves as a companion to the physical plastic driver's license or ID. It is not a replacement, and Coloradans must continue to carry their physical driver's license or ID card with them. Coloradans are set to vote next month on two ballot measures that make changes to tax rules. As KOTO's Lucas Brady-Woods reports, one of them would let the state keep more money it gets from tobacco and nicotine sales. In 2020, Colorado voters approved a tax increase for tobacco and nicotine products in order to fund the state's universal preschool program. 
That increase generated millions of dollars in more revenue than officials expected. Now, Proposition II is asking voters to allow the state to keep the excess. It would also let the state retain all future revenue from the taxes. If the measure is approved, the money would go towards expanding the preschool program. If it's rejected, the extra revenue would go back to the tobacco and nicotine wholesalers and distributors. Additionally, the taxes would be cut in order to eliminate excess revenue going forward. The Taxpayer Bill of Rights, or TABOR, mandates that excess tax revenue is refunded unless voters let the government keep it. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Last year, Mesa Verde National Park established an Indigenous Ranger Internship. The program hires young Native Americans to work as park rangers and tour guides. It's part of an effort by the National Park Service to be more inclusive of Indigenous perspectives at Mesa Verde and parks across the United States. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD has more. On a sunny Wednesday morning, 40 tourists set out on a tour of Balcony House, one of Mesa Verde's ancient Puebloan cliff dwellings. Awesome, cool. My name is Jordan. I'll be your ranger leading you down below to Balcony House. The tour guide is Jordan Frawa, a 21-year-old Pueblo of Picaris and Okeowinge man. Frawa is one of Mesa Verde's new indigenous interns. The job allows him to bring together park interpretation and his cultural upbringing. It's very, really rewarding, I think. Like different rangers will say, this is a sacred spot. And they mean it out of good faith and all that. But for me, it is an actual sacred site. Visitors shimmy through small openings in sandstone architecture and climb up a 40-foot ladder. Nearly all of the members of the tour are white. Frawa tells us Pueblo people like himself also visit the park every day to connect with their ancestors. Every single day this summer, there's been at least one Pueblo come back here to leave some sort of offering behind for the people that lived here. We come back all the time to remember where we come from. Yes. For decades, Native Americans have criticized the National Park Service for excluding indigenous perspectives. According to the National Parks Conservation Association, only 2.5% of Park Service employees identify as Native American or Alaska Native. And every park has its own challenges. In the early years at Mesa Verde, the agency presented offensive narratives and struggled to preserve cultural sites. More recently, the park addressed other issues. We had to have the hard conversation at the park about certain displays that were considered offensive or unwelcoming to the tribal communities. Christy Shawley is the Chief of Interpretation and Visitor Services at Mesa Verde. Two years ago, she says the park reviewed exhibits in its main museum. A lot of those exhibits have been on display for almost 100 years. Most controversial was a diorama depicting Native people. The small figures had the physical features of prehistoric ancestors, not modern humans. Rather than displaying them just as tribal community members, they were displayed as Neanderthal age people, which goes back many, many millions of years. The tribal community members told us that there would be no context in which displaying these exhibits would be appropriate. I asked Christy Shawley whether, intentionally or not, the dominance of white employees has led to the exclusion of indigenous perspectives at the park. I'm not in a place to judge history, and I think that 
It's a bit of a leading question. I think that all of us are doing our best and we're, we're trying to make progress, but again, we're learning along the way. I feel better today that our tribal community members have a lot of voice in the interpretation of this place. If a hundred years out, people are looking back, um, I don't know about what they would say about what we're doing today. This summer, there were five indigenous park rangers giving tours at Mesa Verde, four of them interns. The one permanent employee is Cecilia Shields, a Pueblo of Picarese woman who was also Jordan Frawa's mother. We should definitely always have indigenous peoples here to lead tours and to be part of the process. In her work as a ranger, she's had to reckon with the realities of historic preservation here at Mesa Verde. There are some things that were hard to understand when it comes to things like artifacts. For us, those things should all be returned and allowed to have their cycle and be returned to Earth. But just knowing how many artifacts are in collections, in dark rooms, in, in boxes that never get to see light. I mean, at what point do you have enough pot shards. Cecilia Shields says she's comfortable being both a Park Service employee and a Native American woman with ancestral connections to this place. A long time ago, I I found my peace with it because the mission of the National Park Service is to preserve and protect these, these special places for future generations. I wish there were more of us. Sometimes the only way they'll listen is if I'm wearing the flat hat and the green and gray uniform. It's a big responsibility that will soon rest on one woman's shoulders. This November, when the last intern leaves Mesa Verde, Cecilia Shields will be the only Native American person giving tours. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for clear skies tonight with a low around 40 degrees. Saturday should be sunny during the day and partly cloudy at night. The high is in the mid-60s with a low around 40. Sunday, expect sunny skies with a high around 60 degrees. Sunday night should be mostly clear with a low around 40. This has been the news for Friday, October 20th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hello again, Kodo friends. This is Tiffany Perry Marks, Governing Board Member of the Progressive Women's Caucus. We are a local, all-volunteer nonprofit that seeks to elevate women and shape our community through leadership and participation. Please join the PWC for its R1 School District Forum on Thursday, October 26, from 5.15 to 7 p.m. at the Wilkinson Public Library Program Room. We will be joined by candidates for the Board of Education for a second election forum. And there will be presentations on the two local ballot measures pertaining to the R1 school district. Simultaneous Spanish interpretation, light snacks, and childcare will be provided. And the event is open to everyone. So we hope you'll join us on Thursday, October 26th at the Wilkinson Public Library starting at 515. Thanks, Kodo. Hi, this is Doug Tooley. It's October 20th, 2023. I'm here somewhere in... Delta County, Colorado, two counties out from San Miguel to get health care. 
which is not a story to be told now, but um, should be told soon. Um, I just have a, a quick question for you all. Um, I'm looking at Proposition HH and you know, support and uh, opposition um, are both following along partisan lines. Um, and sure, um, Proposition HH is a benefit to the property owner, uh, but it's at the expense of uh, people who are not property owners who do receive Tabor refunds. Uh, this isn't a huge deal, but um, I mean, why in the world um, shouldn't somebody vote for their pocketbook and not support Proposition HH? I don't know if anybody can answer me. Uh, maybe uh, Mike Hardy. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.